0: Do you want to make more dynasty trades? Sure, we all do. Tune in once a week to the Trade Addicts podcast and see how easy it is to train to be a great dynasty trader. At Trade Addicts Pod, thousands of men and women have prepared to win championships without sacrificing value. And now, from your phone, car, or computer, you can learn to increase your team's dynasty value. Many topics such as keep trade buy, make amends, and trade addicts trades will get you ready to make your own trades. So make the important call right now and check out the Trade Addicts podcast. Welcome to the DLF Dynasty podcast with your hosts, Dan Myler, Ryan McDowell, and Matt Price. Yeah, we are the DLF Dynasty Podcast, but we are once again without Matt Price. It's just me, Dan Myler, and your guy, Ryan McDowell, holding down the fort for episode 569 of the show. Ryan, you ready to talk some more rookies, maybe mix in a little veteran talk this week?
1: Yeah, I'm ready for it, Matt. Uh, Matt missing in action again. He, uh, he he thought about the perfect time to take a vacation and decided dynasty rookie season when uh, when dynasty players are are most plugged in and ready to hear his thoughts that was the time to do it. So he's he's off having some fun and I don't even know where, Vegas or something and and here we are talking uh Packers and rookies and veterans and all kinds of other things.
0: Yeah, we got a lot to get to on the show. We're going to mix in those rookies and veterans this week. Because uh, we haven't done a lot of veteran talk and we need to talk about a few guys here this week. Um, we're also talking ADP risers and fallers since the NFL draft. That'll be a fun conversation. And uh, we're going to answer some listener questions. Got a little time for that this week. But first, let's uh, do this. The Startup. Uh, you mentioned it, Ryan. Yeah. Oh, boy. oh. Yeah, we're talking Packers offense this week, and everybody out there that listens to the podcast regularly, they know that Matt and myself are both Packers fans, although Matt has been kind of a hater since the transition over to Jordan Love, so we thought we'd talk Packers without that bias, Matt being on the show this week uh, yeah uh, we've got the bias dan instead <laughs> yeah we got the bias guy out of here so um, um we wanted to talk about some of these rookies that are rising in this packers offense and you know just in general ryan there wasn't a whole lot of talent on that packers offense outside of christian watson and aaron jones at least at least talent that has shown itself to this point Uh, So we knew that there was going to be some surge in value for a handful of players, whether that be at any of the positions, we kind of knew Jordan love would, would take a bump up, but now these rookies Packers finally drafted a a few guys really that could step into immediate roles. You took a look at some of this ADP. Uh, It's no surprise that second round pick Jaden Reed is the biggest riser in that Packers offense going from two seventeen pre-draft all the way up to 102. That's 115 spots. It seems like Jaden Reed is being looked at as as one of those middle round startup picks that that dynasty players think might have a little bit of upside.
1: Yeah, I mean the you know, the Packers made some moves a year ago to improve that offense bringing in Christian Watson and and Romeo Dobbs. We'll talk about those guys here in a moment, but it was it was pretty clear that they they still needed some more help there and um you know maybe a surprise that they didn't didn't even strike earlier with uh with some of those picks but they they made up for that in volume drafting uh i believe six uh six offensive skill players and uh, we're going to really focus on four of those here today starting with reed and you mentioned it he climbs 115 spots from april adp to may adp we'll be talking about the uh veteran risers and fallers but Looking at all players, Jaden Reed was the biggest riser uh, based on number of spots gained from April to May uh, of any player in the league. And um, yeah, you had that had that two seventeen ADP in April, and really just kind of an afterthought. We, you know, some some people yourself and Matt included, really liked Jaden Reed, but there was questions on uh, if he would get the day two draft capital, and and obviously questions on what that landing spot would be like, and. And uh, I I think he, you know, we can check both of those boxes for Jaden Reed. He, he lands on day two round two, even uh, much higher than expected. And I think we're still looking and and maybe this is part of the discussion. We're still looking at that Packers offense as, as a hotbed for fantasy one. We really want, we want pieces of, and I don't know if we should be honestly, Um, you, you know, not only because of the quarterback change, but. Uh, just because of the the way the offense has looked uh, over the past couple of years. I, I think it's fair to step back and take a look at that offense in general, that team in general, and, and try to decide, is this really one we want a lot of pieces of?
0: Yeah, I think that's fair for sure. And, and maybe while we step back and look at that from a dynasty perspective, maybe that could be tied not only to Aaron Rodgers leaving, but maybe even Matt LaFleur and how he's going to run that offense in Green Bay. In the past, it's been Aaron Rodgers' show where LaFleur gave him the freedom really to yeah. change any play and create uh, on his own. If he wanted to, it's doubtful that Jordan Love's going to be that kind of player, at least from the onset. I'm, I'm a supporter of Jordan love. I think everybody, everybody knows that that listens to the show. I think he has some big time upside, but there's going, to be some, there's going to be a learning curve, no doubt. He's being thrown into the fire. And while he showed a couple of things, whether it be in that Chiefs game a couple of years ago when Rodgers missed due to COVID or the half a game that he played uh, against the Eagles this past season where he, he made some nice throws, to be honest with you. You throw that in with, with some of those nice throws from the preseason and, and maybe a couple of questionable ones and we don't know a lot about how that offense is going to be run and and how Jordan Love will run it. Reed specifically I think is getting this publicity I guess more more so from from the high draft capital and the mm-hmm. opportunity than than that Packers offense specifically in my opinion. There really is an opening at the wide receiver 2 spot and Reed comes in with the pedigree to play all over the formation, move around. He can play in the slot. He can move out to the uh, outside as well. And that, that run-after-catch ability makes him a pretty nice match with Christian Watson, whether whether Love uh, be asked to throw it 35 times a game or they rely on that running game and they, uh, they use that play-action game that LaFleur has talked about that he wants to use more of this season. So I I think that's probably why dynasty managers are so smitten with Reed and that landing spot, especially that draft capital. But I think you bring up some valid concerns that that Packers offense isn't going to be running at at full tilt, especially early on in 2023.
1: Yeah, I think you make some good points there on Reed for sure. Um, You know, uh, you said there was an opening at wide receiver too. I'm not so sure there's not a opening at wide receiver one. Um, I okay. mean, I know, I know we like Christian Watson. Uh, I like him as well. He He's certainly worth a, a lot more than Jaden Reed or, or anybody else on this team from a dynasty standpoint. But I don't know if we saw enough last season from a consistency standpoint to say he's the locked-in wide receiver one moving forward. Um, I mean, factoring in some injury concerns, factoring in... Uh, more of a big play threat rather than a double digit target type of guy. Would you be surprised if if Jaden Reed led this team in targets this season? Would that be shocking? I, I don't think shocking. Maybe mild
0: surprise would be the yeah. right way to put it. Because that's fair. Um, and 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 I think that's possible. Maybe because of this this offense and love and all those things, they're going to have to spread the football around. And they're like you said, Watson might be not quote unquote, just that deep play threat, just that big play guy. And while that's valuable, we're valuing him as a, as a wide receiver too. Now, in fact, I, I think he's a top 20 wide receiver uh, as of re- most recent ADP. So that suggests that we're all, we're all pretty excited about that upside that, he, that he could go a lot higher than that. Cause he's certainly outside of a one month stretch or so last season hasn't produced that way so far through one season.
1: Yeah. I think regardless, uh, you know, regardless of the situation, regardless of Christian Watson, I think, I think this is a great landing spot for Jaden Reed. And um, even if the offense as a whole does take a step back uh, following the departure of Aaron, Aaron Rogers, like you said, he he's still going to have that opportunity and, uh, and outside of the top 100, even when with this, big value bump. Uh, I I still like the value. I'm still willing to, to take a shot on him uh, in this range.
0: We're talking about him as what a 10th round pick somewhere around there. We're, we're we're talking about Jaden Reed and that makes me think that, that people are are talking about him as a fringe starter. Maybe that flex guy, that last guy in your starting lineup, Uh, the leagues that we play in, you're starting nine, 10, 11 guys. And and we don't usually play kickers and defense. So if you're playing in a league that deep, that, that speaks to what people are thinking about Reed. I, we'll keep it with the wide receiver position here, Ryan, because we mentioned Romeo Dobbs, but another riser, really, you have to consider him, is fifth-round pick Dontavian Wicks, who rised just 23 spots, but really he went from undrafted to drafted. So it feels like dynasty managers are, are maybe giving him a tip of the cap that, there there might be a little bit of something there maybe we should add him as the last guy on our roster just in case he hits and 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 really connects with Jordan Love early on Romeo Dobbs on the other hand he he went down from 135 all the way down to 171 clearly dynasty managers are valuing Reed much more and looking towards the upside of Watson and Reed being those top 2 guys over Dobbs who who might have played above even his upside as a rookie.
1: Yeah. I'm I'm glad you grouped these guys together because I do think they, they are related Wicks and, and Dobbs. Um, I mean, Dobbs has essentially lost a hundred spots in ADP since wow. his, um, you, you know, mid season breakout, let's say from, so essentially from, from October of this past year to right now has lost nearly 100 spots. And, um, I think par- part of that is quite obviously related to the additions of, uh, multiple wide receivers. You know, it's not just, uh, Jaden Reed, but they draft, they draft, uh, what Dan, two, uh, three wide receivers right. couple tight ends, along, yep. along with a, uh, along with a running back. So just, just the volume of assets they've added to this team, uh, it, it is enough to, to push Dobbs down. But I also think Dontavian Wicks, even being on, you know, on the mind of Dynasty managers, is probably because of Romeo Dobbs. He was that uh, that day three pick last year. He was the second wide receiver drafted by the Packers last year after Christian Watson. And you know, there was a time it it, it feels it feels a little silly right now, Dan. But there was a time uh, over the past few months where uh where Dobbs was actually worth more than Christian Watson. There were lots of concerns about Watson. Dobbs was was that training camp uh you know boy wonder that that we were suddenly interested in and the the values flip-flopped and again that feels crazy right now but um it's easy to assign that narrative to uh to a guy like Dante van Wicks. You know, maybe he's the next Romeo Dobbs who can go from nothing to uh, a top 100 player, which is what Dobbs did, it, it, if only for a couple months stretch. And
0: Wicks is that primarily outside receiver yeah. that's gonna gonna be above the rim type player, and and is gonna be one of those guys that you depend on uh, to develop as that primary X guy that can uh, line up against more physical uh, corners. He he's got that he's got that skill set to be a uh, downfield pass catcher and he's got really really good um hand eye coordination at the catch point he's really tough um I I kind of liked his game coming into the draft he seemed like a Packers type player I wasn't surprised at all that they invested another draft pick on day three in Wicks um he's kind of a fun little prospect and a guy that I wouldn't be surprised if he gets a little bit of pub through training camp and really into the preseason, and if we start considering him around the 200 range instead of 259 where he is right now. We should talk about these tight ends quickly before we move on, Ryan, because the Packers, you mentioned it, they invested in that position as well. Two of them on day two, including Luke Musgrave in the second round. His ADP went from 180 to 146, so up 34 spots. And then Tucker Craft up 38 spots the third round pick from 248 to 210 right now, Ryan, if you had to, if if somebody told you for sure, one of these guys are going to hit one of those, these guys are going to be a top 10 dynasty tight end a year from now. What percentage out of a hundred would you give Musgrave and what percentage would you give Kraft?
1: Uh, it would be it would be uh, largely slanted in Musgrave's favor okay. for me, uh, like like eighty twenty. You know, if that's the scenario, okay. because I am looking at and we we talked about it when we did the rookie report on on Tucker Craft. I, I know I know you're a big fan of him, and and you certainly are now that he landed with your team. But um, I'm still looking at him as a, a little bit of a project when it comes to making that transition to the NFL. So. In that scenario, where one year from now one of these guys is a a top ten dynasty tight end, I, I would say Musgrave is much more likely to uh, to be in that role. Now, if you want to tell me if the window is three years or four years, uh, my answer would you know would be fifty fifty probably because sure uh, I'm interested in both of these guys. We had talked previously right after the NFL draft that uh, maybe the value of these two players is is hurt or is almost canceled out by each other. That doesn't seem to be the case uh, considering they're both uh, big time risers here. Musgrave climbs almost three full rounds. Tucker craft climbs just over three full rounds. Um, so, yeah, I think this is again, the, the Packer effect uh, that dynasty managers are, are willing to invest in, in these guys. And even if you miss out on Musgrave, uh, go, go grab craft instead. Yeah, th- we're
0: talking about Musgrave as as a mid to late second round pick in rookie drafts. Jaden Reed's in that range typically too. Although I just seen a couple of drafts, Ryan, real drafts where Jaden Reed in single quarterback leagues was going between thirteen and sixteen. So mm-hmm. so the the dynasty effect is real there with Reed. Musgrave, on the other hand, typically in the late second, maybe even early third, and Tucker Crafts typically lasts all the way till the late third round and sometimes even to the fourth round in rookie drafts that I've been looking at. It's it's a really interesting situation. I don't feel that dynasty managers are saying, hey, the Packers, they're always good. That's why I got to invest in these guys. I think more it's more so, oh, the Packers, they're down a little bit. They don't have a lot of talent on that team, and there, there's going to be opportunities for these guys to get on the field early and produce and maybe fall into a role that turns into really something. Uh, I think that's probably more more what dynasty managers are doing. And it's because of because they're transitioning, once again, from a Hall of Fame quarterback to an unknown, really, first-rounder in Jordan Love, who we should mention, even though uh, he wasn't a huge riser. After the Rodgers trade, Ryan, Love goes up 21 spots from 201 in single quarterback up to 180. He's valued in that quarterback two range. And I think most guys think there's at least some upside with Love because of the unknown.
1: Yeah, I mean, this, this, I would say this is another example of the dynasty community being reactive rather than proactive. It's been, yeah, it's been very obvious for months that, that Aaron Rodgers would not be on this roster and that, uh, Jordan Love would be the 2023 starter. So we really should have seen that ADP climbing. Uh, you know, in January or February. And it, and it was slightly, but uh, not not to this degree. So, uh, but that that's okay. Regardless, uh, you know, he, he got some new weapons. He is now, uh, I, I, I don't know. I don't know if we can say he's the, officially the starter, but he's he is all but officially the starter in Green Bay. And uh, adding guys like Reed and, and Musgrave and the rest uh, is only going to boost his value even more. Uh, I, I think the interesting conversation with, uh, with Jordan Love, and, and we've kind of been having it lately as we've gone through some uh, some drafts and some things like that, and we're we're talking uh, off the air about how we value these players is is where you're putting Jordan Love in the quarterback ranks because um, you know after. Uh, I guess after the rookies, right after Bryce young and, and CJ Stroud, it's pretty wide open. Um, I I think there's conversations like Daniel Jones versus Jordan love. Um, you know, maybe most people are are favoring Jones there. I think it's at least worth having the conversation. Uh, and then certainly once you get deeper than that, you're talking about those, those guys in their mid thirties or early thirties cousins, Gino, um, Russell Wilson, you know that's that's really where you could start seeing Jordan Love go from low in QB2 uh, to high in QB2 uh, and and then maybe even higher once we actually see him on the field consistently.
0: yeah, he's a guy who could certainly move even in the preseason if the news is good and he makes a few throws in the preseason wouldn't be shocking to see him move up those quarterback ranks and overtake some of those veterans that you mentioned right there. You down with ADP? Yeah, you know me. Yeah, we're always into our ADP here at the DLF Dynasty podcast. And we thought this week, since we are trying to focus on some veterans, uh, we talk about some of the risers and the fallers from, from pre-draft to now, Ryan. And let's start with the negatives because uh, we'll save the positives for later, I guess. Um, and start right at the top with, with the biggest faller on the board. It's Josh Palmer, April ADP of 154, May down to 235. Pretty obvious reason he dropped 81 spots.
1: Yeah. The, the chargers add Quentin Johnston, and that is bad news for, for Josh Palmer. I think, I think some people were looking at Palmer as um, the eventual next in line guy for Keenan Allen and, or Mike Williams. And, and, you know, Palmer's been solid when, when those guys, when one or both of those guys have been out of the lineup. He, uh, you know, he, he gave us two wide receiver one games last year. Another game as the top 24 guy. So three games as a top 24 score uh, when those guys, when Williams and Allen were in and out of the lineup. Uh, but I, I mean, with, with an offense like that, with a team that is uh, built to contend, which feels a little silly since they, they kind of get in their own way. And yeah, since they never actually do, but a team that looks like it should contend uh, in the AFC, you know, they're, they're just looking for upgrades. The same thing I would say for, for some of these other teams. And if you're upgrading your wide receiver three and eventually upgrading, you know, maybe even your wide receiver one or, or have that, that guy who's next in line um, that's, that matters a lot, right? That's going to be very impactful. So I think this is this is a move related to Keenan Allen and Mike Williams their age and their injury and health status but it's really Josh Palmer who's who's catching the stray here and whose value is is falling massively. Yeah,
0: the truth is dynasty managers might have always been higher on Josh Palmer than NFL mm-hmm. executives and teams even though yeah. uh Palmer was a third round draft and he's a guy that that has a little bit of upside but, but really it's that it's that quarterback it's that offense in general it's the high volume passing offense down there in Los Angeles that have have fed Palmer to create these opportunities and those are all going to go to the rookie now Johnston's going to going to fill in that role specifically and might even trickle in uh, to some of the playing time for the other two starters, depending on how the early part of his career goes. So Palmer moves down to a wide receiver four on an NFL team. And, and there's the possibility that he's just a better wide receiver four than he is a wide receiver three on an NFL team.
1: Yeah. If you look back to November, uh, just this past November, just a, a yeah. few months ago, Josh Palmer was the 100th player overall in our ADP. He was a top 100 player he is currently the wide receiver 96. So he went, from, he went from a top 100 player to just barely a top 100 dynasty wide receiver. I hope you sold if
0: you had Josh Palmer. Uh, let's talk about a couple tight ends that fell big. And for obvious reasons, once again, Dawson Knox down 58 spots all the way into the 200s from 150 to 208. Jake Ferguson in Dallas had a little bit of hype going, but... Uh, that draft pick kind of kind of simmered a little bit, uh, 188 down to 241, so lost 53 spots. Pretty obvious reason why these guys fall there. There might be something here still, but certainly they're not starters moving forward.
1: Um, yeah, obvious obvious reasons, of course. I mean, the the addition in in Buffalo of Dalton Kincaid, and then the uh, the Cowboys take a day two shot on uh, Luke Schoonmaker. I'm buying the depth on both of these guys, honestly. I mean, we've heard sure. the talk about how the Bills want to use, um, how the Bills want to use Kincaid essentially as a wide receiver rather than a a tight end. I and mean, we hear that really about every single athletic tight end that there is in the league. So I, I don't want to put too much credence in that or anything, but I mean, Dawson Knox has been a a productive uh, player, especially in the red zone. and Knox and, and Kincaid are, are very different types of players. So adding Dawson Knox right now for, you know, a future third round pick, he, I don't know. He might come even cheaper than that, honestly. Uh, you can certainly get him as a throw-in in a larger deal. Uh, I think he could still give you some some fantasy-relevant uh, production, uh, even playing alongside of, uh, of Dalton Kincaid in that offense. That
0: you mentioned the trade maybe the trade window being there for Knox he's he's gone for a third maybe even a fourth round pick in the trade finder multiple times Uh, you can get him for awfully cheap and you know the trick is going to be when can you play Dawson Knox it was difficult to decide before it might be even a little more difficult now with him any of these other guys that were big fallers Ryan that you think deserve being being mentioned here
1: Um, I mean, I think we have to talk uh, about Tyler Algier, although it was, you know, it was a really obvious one. And in fact, in, in some ways I was surprised he wasn't the biggest faller. Algier drops 48 spots from 103 overall to 151 overall. And, and I guess the only reason he didn't fall more is because so many dynasty players were hesitant to buy in even after a thousand yard rookie season. Yeah. Uh, we we kind of saw this coming, whether it was Bijan Robinson or or if it, you know, maybe it it would have been a, a day two running back if if things didn't work out with Robinson landing there. But regardless, Algier was not going to uh, to walk into the twenty three season with this job all to himself. Um, so again, no no real surprise there. KJ Osborne's a faller. Terrace Marshall's a faller. As their teams add uh, some some rookie wide receivers. Uh, of note KJ Osborne. I'm, I'm still interested in as well. He falls 50 spots. I'm still glad to have him on my team as we see what that Vikings offense can do.
0: Yeah, that's, that's all fair. Let's move on to some risers here and it starts with the only veteran, I guess, to rise a hundred plus spots. It's running back Malik Davis of the Dallas Cowboys, obvious reasons here as well. The Cowboys don't invest in the running back position, uh, in the draft. And, and if you had to put together a depth chart in Dallas right now, it's most likely Malik Davis. That's RB2 behind Tony Pollard, Brian.
1: Yeah, the Cowboys, I, I understand how you overlooked him because he's only like four feet tall, but they did draft Deuce Vaughn. Um, oh, yeah. So they they add Deuce Vaughn. Hilarious, Brian. Uh, yeah, good one. Um, <laughs> I, I think that was the sixth round. Um, You're right. I don't, I mean, I don't think Vaughn is certainly not a threat to Tony Pollard. Uh, I don't think he's honestly much of a threat to Malik Davis as far as that traditional backup running back role. I mean, if they want to come up with some, some special plays and some situations for, for Deuce Vaughn to get on the field um, you know, that that's probably going to happen, but he's not going to be that typical, backup running back and and i think malik davis could be um I, I will say i was surprised to see him uh be such a significant riser here though uh, over as you mentioned over a uh, hundred spots he's 176 overall right now so i like the he player was undrafted he, a month ago undrafted a month ago and uh like and a 15th one, rounder now <laughs> 176 right now i I mean, I kind of get it, but I I don't get it to that extreme. So, I don't know. I'm the the Cowboys could easily add, you know, Leonard Fournette. I don't think they're bringing Zeke back by any means, but they could add one of these veterans. Uh, we're going to see other guys cut over the, the next few months. I I don't think this depth chart is going to be Pollard, Davis, Vaughn. I, I would be very surprised if that's the case. So, so. Um, Sell Malik Davis, if somebody's
0: giving you the third, you take Malik, you, you take the third.
1: Oh, well, well, sure. I mean, he he's being drafted and this is one quarterback ADP. He's being drafted ahead of Trey Lance. Good. Uh, <laughs> how about Van Jefferson and Jordan he's, love ahead of Jordan. He, love? Too. <laughs> he's getting drafted a lot higher
0: now too. And Van Jefferson, if you look at his ADP timeline, it's got spikes in it. 282 oh, yeah. undrafted a month ago. Nobody expected anything from him, and then the Rams say, "Man, we'll wait till late in day three to pick a wide receiver." Now he moves up to two seventeen, up sixty five spots. I was a Van Jefferson supporter. He's a crisp route runner. He has solid hands, although he's had had a couple drops here in the NFL that that have made me scratch my head. Yeah, Van Jefferson's a, a mover here. Are you buying in at all? There, there might be a chance for him.
1: Uh, no, not really. Um- <laughs> We'll I just mean, pour some cold water on that. Well, yeah, honestly, that is the case again, like, like Davis, he goes from undrafted to, um, to, to being a big riser. I mean, the situations there, they also traded Allen Robinson since last month's uh, data collection. So, I mean, that helps, but Allen Robinson also wasn't a huge, uh, a huge barrier based on what we saw last season. I mean, there's a reason that we're all chasing uh, Puka Nakua as as that you yeah. know that late round sleeper, because Vane Jefferson is is just a guy. He's fine. He's as you said about um, uh, Palmer. I believe certainly more suited to be a wide receiver three or even wide receiver four in the NFL than a starter alongside Cooper Cup. So, yeah, that, don't that think chart can- behind Cup is. It's pretty sketchy is how I would call it. It's Jefferson,
0: Ben Skoranek, uh Tutu Atwell, Lance McCutcheon, Nakua, and guys you haven't heard of before.
1: Hmm. Yeah. It's that's, not a lot that's of talent. Pretty, there. pretty ugly there for sure. we probably going to
0: catch 200 passes.
1: I don't think we can say... Based on this ADP, I don't think we can say sell Van Jefferson uh, because nobody's buying Van Jefferson. But a third round I would I would say don't draft Van Jefferson at 217 overall. Don't do that. Some other big movers in here include
0: Desmond Ritter, up 54 spots. Pierre Strong was an interesting name on the list, up 44 spots from 247 to 203. Also Irv Smith, now with the Bengals, up 44 spots. And then Jarek McKinnon, who re-signed uh before this collection i i believe uh with the chiefs up 43 spots so these guys for differing reasons all gain some value as well probably not a lot of trade value among this group but you can see why these guys would would be more on dynasty managers minds
1: sure i mean i think they're they're pretty clear reasons as you said and i mean both the risers and the fallers. we're talking about we're talking about later round guys we're talking about double digit round players uh to me, Irv Smith is the most interesting, yeah. you know, even after he landed in Cincinnati, we all just kind of shrugged our shoulders and said, yeah, they'll still draft, uh, Michael Mayer or, or Dalton Kincaid or someone. And, and they didn't, they didn't draft a tight end, uh, at all. Uh, so it's, it's Irv Smith with a pretty wide open path, uh, not only to the starting job, but, uh, quite a few targets, uh, just still just 24 years old. Uh, his, his challenge is going to be, uh, Mainly staying on the field because he's battled injury issues throughout his career. So if he can get healthy, uh, I I love his his ADP and the value that he's at right now, even after this uh, forty four spot game. Yeah, I like that one the best as well. I think it's Drew Sample,
0: the other name that's there in Cincinnati. Um, certainly not a, a big threat as a downfield option. You could see Irv Smith being a touchdown. Uh, not, not not a monster or anything, but a guy who could be an option down there in the red zone for Cincinnati if he's able to stay healthy. The other name worth probably mentioning here might be Pierre Strong, outside of Ramondre Stevenson. Uh, not not much on that depth chart. I know James Robinson is still there, but he's uh he's another year removed from the injury. Maybe he comes back to full strength. I, I think they have high hopes for Strong potentially being that scat back, uh, passing down option. And if that's the case in PPR leagues, you could see Pierre Strong being a, a, a flex-worthy, potentially, factor at his high end. And, and so maybe he's worth thinking about here. Uh, McKinnon we glaze over, but you know he's got another year of value. He's going to be in dynasty lineups this season. You're probably not getting much on the trade value, but if you're a contender, you're just holding on to him and playing when you need him.
1: Yeah, thirty thirty plus years old. Even with that uh you know that crazy run he had to end the season, McKinnon didn't gain a ton of trade value. Uh, but you're right. Certainly has some roster value because he is uh he is going to be in lineups uh as a uh as a good uh you know, one B to Isaiah Pacheco. Yeah, and, and where's
0: Clyde fit on that? He's he, he's like three F. Something like that. He he (laughs) will be
1: lucky to be on the roster. No doubt. Let's get to some questions. Let's hear from the listeners. It's time for the question of the week.
0: Yeah, we got a few this week. We haven't talked questions in a while. It was a staple last offseason. We're going to bring it back again this offseason. We want to talk to you guys. Let us know on Twitter. What's your question of the week? What are you thinking about there out on the Dynasty landscape? And the first one comes from QB Guru Spence. Well, Spence wants to know, if you're low on draft picks, Ryan, what late rounders or UDFAs would you consider giving a roster or taxi squad spot to?
1: Uh, well, we mentioned one of them earlier, Puka Nakua. Uh, he's the, he's the our, primary, right? Yeah, he, he's the answer. He's my first my first thought. Looking at our uh, latest ADP, this is one quarterback ADP. Uh, 48 overall is his mm. ADP, so we're talking about 412 in a uh, in a typical 12-team draft. Wide receiver 18. I mean, all the opportunity in the world. As we were just talking about that Rams situation, uh, I, I love Puka Nakua as a target. Late um, Tucker Craft, another name we talked about earlier in the show. 45 overall is his ADP. Uh, I like him as a as a project tight end to stash and, uh, see how his career, his early career works out. Um, those are, those are probably my, my two favorite in this range.
0: Yeah. If you're looking at guys that aren't going in the first three rounds of, of rookie drafts, guys that are undrafted and you're just trying to stash away after your rookie draft, there's, there's a few other names probably worth mentioning. I, I, you know, it's really hard to narrow it down because some of these guys it, it doesn't feel like like really I, I can't imagine those two names being available at the end of the third round or the fourth round. In the leagues that I've I've been doing these auctions in and stuff, Ryan, it feels like they're they're getting more uh more love from the dynasty community than maybe this ADP shows. Uh schoonmaker with Dallas is also down here. I think he's at 42 overall. There's there's a little bit of upside there uh although it's long term upside of course and and one guy that just constantly has been eating at me and 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 a guy that I I really feel has a little bit of upside that is is totally overlooked in the dynasty space for sure it's a sixth rounder from the NFL draft he went to the Jacksonville Jaguars Parker Washington he's mm. he, for some reason he sticks out to me he's a guy I got him in a trade in a, in a Debbie league uh, here about a week ago as, as just a throw in and I'm happy to throw him on a taxi roster and, and just see what happens down there in Jacksonville. Any other names that are you're, you're just grabbing just because
1: if he got a roster spot, right? Um, it gets pretty ugly. I mean, Chris Rodriguez, I certainly have a soft spot for him as a, uh, as a UK wildcat. I'm really confused by that. Uh, that draft pick uh, washington grabs he him bit with the commanders all that well well he's he's uh, he's a worse brian robinson I, is what i would yeah. say so <laughs> well said. I, uh, I don't really i don't get the move um you know maybe it means they 're not happy with brian robinson, but that i don't think that makes sense based on what we saw last season uh so other yeah, than that that 's kind of like, my homer pick. Hendon Hooker is 44 in this ADP.
0: If you're talking taxi squad in a single quarterback, he could take up a taxi, taxi squad spot. Um, Trey Tucker, the wide receiver that went to the Raiders and and got better draft capital than we expected. You're probably looking at somebody like him. Uh, He comes in at 53 in our most recent single quarterback ADP. Um, that, That pretty much does it. There's, there's not a lot of, a lot of great names. Maybe Trey Palmer, who ended up with the Buccaneers. He was a sixth round pick though, too. So um, you know, I say all this, but like last year, Isaiah Pacheco was 43rd this month sure. in ADP. And Chigo Conquo, who we're all kind of thinking is a fringe tight end one potentially, he was fifty-one. So there's a good chance somebody on this list is gonna make an impact, and he might as soon as August be jumping up in ADP. So if you have those taxi squad spots, if you have end of the roster spots, there's nothing wrong with just picking a name, either based on draft capital or potential opportunity, throwing them on your
1: roster. And, uh, what's the worst that can happen? Replace them in August. What do you think of, and and I don't, we haven't talked about this guy at all on or on or off the show, uh, generic Prince, the Kansas city running back, uh, speedster, you know, really, yeah. really impressed at the combine, uh he is 23 years old though he was undrafted i believe um yeah. we've talked about that depth chart there i don't i don't mind taking a shot on him
0: yeah i don't mind it at all in fact he was a guy that um in these auctions that we were just talking about he, he's one of the last last guy nominated and he always goes yeah. for way more than you really expect <laughs> because of the landing spot and like what if he slides into that Jarek McKinnon role? What if he he yep. ends up getting the passing down work or something like that? Getting those five or six carries, that could turn into something. So when you're talking taxi squad spots, uh last end of the roster spots, those are the kind of names we're talking about. Next yeah. question is from High Duck Zachary. We're gonna call you call <laughs> you Zach there, buddy. Uh outlook for Deontay Johnson and George Pickens. What would you pay for? He says Johnston in one quarterback. A little confusing there. I think he's talking about Deontay there,
1: Ryan. Or are those two different questions? Uh, I, I don't know. Um, I'm I'm going to treat it as as one. Just focused on the Steelers. Uh, you know, it, it seems like there's a. It, it seems like the value of both of these Steelers wide receivers is is falling slightly. Um, mm-hmm. you, you know, Deontay Johnson certainly had a, a disappointing. Uh, 2022 season part of that was related to George Pickens coming in and uh, and making some plays and um, you know that the the Steelers kept that uh, kept that offensive coordinator which I was really disappointed in I expected a change there so honestly this this is kind of a stay away team for me which is weird because the Steelers as we were talking about with the Packers earlier for years and years, the Steelers have been one of those teams that we wanted pieces of, Um, you know, we wanted as many of those guys as we could get. And of course that was kind of headlined by Lev Bell and Antonio Brown. And then Juju came in and um, I don't know, it's, it's slowly falling apart um, from a, from a fantasy standpoint, at least I guess I would probably give a late first rounder for Deontay Johnson, but I would be, I would be shopping that pick before I, before I took Johnson with it.
0: Yeah. Johnson in the trade finder, he went for a, for a 24 first rounder in one league recently. In fact, in the last few days went straight up for Dalton Kincaid uh, in another league. That's probably the value that you're shooting for. If you're, if you're trading him away and you're, you're probably hoping to get him for a little less than that. If you're, if you're shopping for him and trying to add that, wide receiver three that might have that wide receiver two upside still, it really comes down to Kenny Pickett. And if you believe in in the second year quarterback there in Pittsburgh, I happen to believe in him. I think he'll take a step forward, but I think that's probably better off for George Pickens than it probably is Deontay. Deontay feels like the, the PPR option and Pickens is the guy that you might want in standard or half PPR where, where you have a little bit more touchdown upside, both of them, Wide receiver three territory, Johnson at wide receiver 31, Pickens at wide receiver 34. That suggests they're similarly valued, Ryan. If you got to have one of them, which one are you taking? (laughs) Um, (laughs) You were a Pickens guy for a while, so I I expected you to say Pickens for sure.
1: I don't have a clear call on these guys, honestly. I I think I would still take Deontay because of that PPR upside, because he's... I think he's still going to get peppered with targets. Uh, still he just twenty-seven
0: didn't... years old, so he's not over the hill. Well, Pickens is only Ooh. twenty-two though.
1: Is he twenty-seven? Okay, I'm taking
0: Pickens. Yeah, yeah let's take Pickens. <laughs> let's get the young guy. Uh, that's what I was kind of thinking too. Uh, either way, I'm with you. That that Steelers offense has a has a big pedigree but they might be on a backslide right now. It really depends on Pickett. Hopefully he takes that step forward. Let's talk to Dynasty Hot seat. He asks, PPR, Superflex, and now Tight End Premium are fairly standard in Dynasty. Yeah. What's the next big scoring system to, 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 that we see become common, Ryan? You got anything? I, w- I was thinking about this question when I read it, and I don't know, common might not be the right word. For this, and and I don't even know if standard is the right word for, uh, for at least for tight end premium, uh, and maybe even super flex. We we hear from a lot of listeners that still prefer single quarterback in our leagues, though we do play in PPR almost predominantly, uh, always play super flex leagues, and we prefer tight end premium. So it is standard to us. If you're looking for the next big scoring system uh to become common for me it's not gonna not gonna become common but I really love it it's first down scoring I really love uh giving that bonus for first down scoring only for the runner or the receiver I think it evens out the quarterback and the rest of the positions potentially especially if you do it route right I don't know if there's anything beyond that that I see really coming down the pike here in the next few years right
1: yeah, points per first down is what I was going to say as well. I know you've you've uh, incorporated that into some of your leagues, and I, I think it is, I think it's worked well. It rewards things that are obviously important in uh, in the NFL and and on the field. So I think that's a good thing. Um, it's it's so hard to say because I think I think Dynasty, I think fantasy in general is is so wide open. There are so many options, uh, not only as far as Related to scoring system, but just whatever you prefer. You know, if you want to play Debbie, if you want auction, if you want, um, if you want IDP, like whatever you are interested in, you can find a league that's that's kind of formatted to that. So, I, I think that variance that is out there is going to make it difficult for any one thing to become standard or to become. Uh, the norm. And, and I do agree with you as much as we uh, we look at it as, as common big picture, like all of, all of dynasty leagues. uh, Superflex is still not the norm. Tight end premium is certainly still not the norm, even though it's, it's what we've accepted as, as uh, kind of the industry standard, I guess we could call it. Um, So, yeah, I, I would say point per first down, uh, or first down scoring. But ultimately I agree with you. I'm not, I'm not sure there is a, a next big thing that's going to become so common.
0: I hope there is though. Cause I love changes. I love figuring out yeah, what, true. what makes fantasy and dynasty better. Uh, I hope somebody comes up with that great idea. I'm probably talking to the guy that will here one of these days. Uh, let's get to our last question. It's Davin G Smith, who asks current thoughts on second and third round rookies from last year like zamir isaiah spiller justin ross and how does that affect how we should treat current and future second and third round picks ryan i i thought a lot about this question since i read it this afternoon and i think maybe davin was was handpicking these names in zamir and, and spiller and ross they that second and third round had names like Damian Pierce at 16. Wandale Robinson was in there. We still have high hopes for him. Algier had a big rookie year. Brian Robinson was an early third rounder and was productive as a rookie. Romeo Dobbs, we talked about him earlier. Then Greg Dulcich at 35, Pacheco at 43, and Chico Conflue at 51 a year ago. So there were names in the second, third, and even beyond that were pretty productive. When it comes to... First of all, these three names: Zamir White, Isaiah Spiller, and Justin Ross. Any any of these guys standing out for you, Ryan? I'm, I'm guessing Davin has those guys on the back end of their, his roster.
1: Yeah, yeah, and that's that's okay. That's understandable. It's I think it's I do think it's a good practice to check in on those those types yeah. of players that you you know you took a shot on them in the second or third round last year, and and it's really easy with. Guys like this, it's really easy to give up on those players, cut them. Yeah, you know they did, they didn't do anything. I'm I'm cutting them and and getting the next guy, and uh, that's that's not always a good idea. So doing what uh, what Devin might be doing here and and just kind of investigating and and trying to get the pulse on specific players is is a really good idea. Um, big picture, I mean the hit rate on second and third round rookies is not going to be very good I ultimately. Agree. You're always going to be able to look look back at past years, as you just did, and and find two or three, or maybe even five or six hits. Right, players that really um, turned into to uh, great value picks in that second or third round, and it's going to be even easier to find guys like Zamir White and Isaiah Spiller who were disappointments. Um, I would say of of these three. Uh, that that Davin names Amir White Spiller and Justin Ross Spiller is the one who is still the most intriguing to me Uh, the Chargers unless I'm forgetting someone I don't think they've added anyone to that running back room this offseason they they very clearly have always been trying to uh, find that second option behind Austin Eckler and then you you mix in the Eckler trade rumors um, that have have kind of gone quiet in, in recent weeks uh that that leaves me very interested in taking a shot on on Isaiah Spiller. Um Justin Ross honestly and and unfortunately would be the complete opposite yeah. end of that spectrum. Uh I mean he was a, a late round pick, he missed the entire season, he's battled some very serious uh medical or, or or health issues, injury issues, I guess I should say. And even with that that nice landing spot in Kansas City, honestly not a guy I'm even using a roster spot on at this point. Uh, and Zamir White, I, I would say kind of in the middle. A player I really liked coming into the draft last year. I thought I liked the landing spot. We we saw a path that Josh Jacobs would be gone. This year, and and of course, he turned in a uh, a really impressive career season in in 2022, and and got a new deal. So, um, or, or I guess he he got tagged. I believe he actually. got the tag. Yeah, yeah. So, um, I think Zamir White is probably still just a wait and see.
0: Yeah, he's a he's an end of the roster type guy. A hold. You're you're only cutting him if you absolutely need the spot. We want to hold on to Zamir if we can. I agree with you. Spiller is the is the name to to grab hold of out of this group. In fact, White and Spiller have similar ADP's. White RB 73, Spiller RB 76 and that depth chart with the Chargers is Eckler, Spiller, Joshua Kelly, Larry Roundtree still there, not a lot of not a lot of confirmed talent behind Austin Eckler, so there there might be a path to Spiller making some noise. How about the rest of his question? Ryan, when it comes to considering how last year's class or even any year's class of second and third rounders, how how does that uh, affect how we should treat future picks in that range?
1: Well, I think we have to be realistic about uh, the likely outcome of those picks that right. um, it, it's a long shot that you're getting really anything from those picks. And and you named a lot of players that, that did hit. Uh, Damian Pierce was 16 overall this time last year. Uh, you mentioned that name. Uh, Tyler Algier obviously gained quite a bit of value. Brian Robinson, same thing. So uh, maybe capitalizing on that value gain Uh, really as quickly as you can with second and third rounders, because it is relatively rare, especially at the running back position for those players to have real long-term value. And that
0: seems to be what a lot of guys that I play with in other leagues like to do, invest in those running backs, try to get some early production and either trade that player off or use that player for the production it goes back and back for really for years. You remember Trey Sermon was a hot second round pick a couple of years ago. We were convinced, or at least a lot yeah. of dynasty managers were, that he was the next big thing. Uh, but for every Trey Sermon, who was a second rounder, there well, maybe for every Trey Sermon and Kadarius Tony and Diami Brown, there's an Amon Ross St. Brown. Every now and then we get we get a stud there in round two that that we just weren't right on. Uh, neither was the NFL. You went in the fourth round. So, um, like we said, questions, they're gonna be a staple on the show. We're gonna at least get to it every couple of weeks. We want to answer your questions. What are you guys thinking about it? Uh, hit us up on Twitter, Ryan's at Ryan MC23. I'm at DMILER22. Get Matt at Matt Price FF and always hit up the podcast at DLF Podcast with your questions of the week more to come next week for ryan i'm dan thanks for listening to this episode of the dlf dynasty podcast we'll catch you again next week thank you for listening to the dlf dynasty podcast please remember to rate and review and subscribe wherever you get your podcast